Hey everyone, we're almost back from our break, but here's a rebroadcast of our Christmas adjacent movies episode rounding out our what's turned out to be a holiday 2017 retrospective. Chris, take it away. Coming up on this episode of the Magnificently Huge podcast, we're talking Christmas adjacent movies, which is to say movies set at Christmas that have absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey there, listener. Welcome back to another magnificently huge podcast. This week, the team and I, this is Chris, by the way, so Eric, Brian, and I will uh, be discussing a little thing called Christmas Adjacent Movies, which is movies set at Christmas or around Christmas that have zero to do with the holiday. They're just, they might as well be set at, oh, let's say Arbor Day, and it would work just as well. So that's the thesis this week. So you all know Die Hard, you all know Lethal Weapon. We'll touch on those briefly. But we'll expand out and we'll uh, talk some gems that you may have forgotten are not Christmas movies at all. So, you know, kick back. You know, grab a cup of coffee, some cocoa. Whatever you do this time of year to get into the Christmas spirit, even though this is a show that has nothing to do with conjuring Christmas spirit. Uh, That's just the way we roll. And we like it. So, kick back, listen to the show, enjoy it. If you like what you hear, email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We're on all the, well, two social medias, Twitter and Facebook, and sometimes Tumblr, and occasionally Instagram, so you can check us out there. But Facebook at magnificentlyhuge, and Twitter at maghuge. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Otherwise, you can check us on all your listening platforms soundcloud stitcher itunes uh what have you so give us a whirl enjoy the show christmas adjacent movies ho 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 i think we've already said that at the top of the show but whatever it's christmas or is it so who's whose show is this brian is this you no this is chris well i mean this is chris's show i'm oh. brian okay i'm eric and then this is by default, Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've had some fun with the uh, the Christmas theme stuff, and I wanted to pursue uh, an odd topic that always uh, confounds me, wherein there are movies set at Christmas that are not Christmas movies whatsoever, and I thought we could talk about that. Yes. Are we all in agreement? I believe so. Yes. Sure. Okay. Well, then, before we get to that, uh, does anybody have any fresh shit? This shit is fresh! Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh! I have no fresh shit. All of my shit is stale. <laughs> it's, it's... I am... I caught up to the rest of the world for The Good Place, and I've been watching more of Canada's Worst Handyman, and... Uh, 
I played Cuphead, and these are all things I mentioned in previous shows, so nothing I've been doing is fresh. I've got some fresh shit. Well, then go ahead and, and espouse your freshes, since uh, Brian is uh, lacking this week. So disappointed. Right. No, we're, we're kidding, Brian. <laughs> You're fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. Whatever. <laughs> so I went on a uh, walking tour of downtown Portland um, that was kind of kind of meh. I realized I could do this because all you do is you walk around public areas with people who've paid you money and then tell them things about the normal shit you're looking at. What you're seeing right here is the riverbank of uh, the Columbia River. This is where the original Star Wars saga began. In fact, the uh, Ewoks and the Jawas first made the Pact of Portland in 1903, right where you're standing. And, you know, it's just horseshit. Um, and the guy had a podcast, he said. The kick at was it kick ass oregon history podcast i listened to it oh. and oh my god magnificently huge is a really great podcast because these guys have been on for five years they have 20 comments and it really blows it's <laughs> they do these yeah. historical maybe stories 20 more comments than we well have. we've been yeah, on for sure. we've been on for six months and we have four yeah, but, so yeah. we're on we're on pace to beat them in two and a half years. <laughs> but the thing is, they do things like they, they did a story on uh, something that took place in World War II with the militias in Oregon to protect against Japanese invasion, and and they would they would try and be really funny about it by saying things in a really wild and wacky way because nobody actually likes history, so we're very self conscious. And the reporters at the time would say, and then they would cut to like this sort of audio filter that sounded crackly and they would try and sound like Walter Winchell. The Japs are going to invade someday, but not in Oregon, not while they've got the militia. You know, and just like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, just tell the story. And it was the same problem I had with the walking tour, which was conducted by the, I guess, what did he say? The resident historian of the blah blah podcast the the kick-ass oregon podcast and a residency usually means something important but when you're talking about a podcast shut up so my wife and i do tours like that but we do the segue tours like we the tours are always kind of lame but the point for us is to get to ride around on segways and right. i've always got like a <laughs> section of those tours where you can just open them up and go full speed they'll like go out on a pier or something those are great. The Seattle Segway Tour is recommended. See, I don't want to do those because I always would. I would have to fight the urge to always just ride up on somebody and then stop and go. Oh, and also, did you notice this over here? And then you would just do a, a constant barrage of segways while you're on your segway. Oh, that's awful. Uh, that is just awful. <laughs> Seriously, that is so awful. Yeah. Now that it, <laughs> having done a podcast with Chris for six months and his non sequitur segways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can I can totally see why I would never want to be his tour guide. Well, I I, I have a residency here in Austin. If you're ever interested, are you the the resident smartass of the magnificently huge podcast or <laughs> whatever? <laughs> that's a, that's a callback to a, uh, an episode long ago and far away. Uh, hey, so was Chris, it, it smell my so finger? Smells like butt, don't it? <laughs> Shut up. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so this wasn't a ghost tour, was it? It was just a straight up 
historical it was a history of downtown portland like the the seedier side of downtown portland and just (laughs) the problem with the seedier Uh, side of downtown portland tour is that it's loaded with stuff like there used to be hookers here there used to be gambling over there there used to be a bar over there we used to have prohibition which would mean that the bar is not good was this actually a walking tour, or were you just abandoned? Like, was this a voluntary tour? Yeah, really. No, it was a walking tour. It was a walking tour. <laughs> I, meanwhile, Eric's like, Eric's like walking off the side going, and over here is where a dog was disemboweled by Satanist one Thanksgiving Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I'm already, yeah, I'm, you're already writing a better tour. I think that's like what the thing needed. And, and the thing, at one point he tells a story to us about, uh, I'm not going to bother telling the guy's story, but he tells the story. And then he says, now, how true is that? Probably not very. And here's why. Wait a minute. You just made me sit through <laughs> 10 minutes of your story. And now you tell me it's bullshit. Fuck you. But I, I liked, I liked walking downtown. That was nice. I liked walking through the downtown. It was a nice excuse to walk around Portland. Um, but yeah, then I listen to the guy's podcast and I'm like, yeah, we're awesome. They suck. That's all. And so say all of you. I was even contemplating, hey, if he's got some listeners, maybe I'll like, uh, you know, hit him up for, uh, uh, can we do a little bit of uh, cross promotion? But five years, 20 comments, <laughs> no. I think we're good. Yeah. No, instead, I'm going to just do my own podcast and bash on this asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, blown our cross promotional opportunity now. Yeah, exactly. He's never going exactly. to. Yeah. yeah, you don't. Yeah, care, we're not going to get all those people who are like, "Do you guys do funny oldie timey voices?" Um, <laughs> the other podcast, though, I listened to one that's really great uh, called uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History, and it's kind of like Radiolab in that it, it it kind of strays through points and then comes home with the story at the end of it, where that ties the whole thing up in a way where you go, ah. And it's a really smart podcast, um, especially if you like history. Uh, not like kick-ass history. I wouldn't say that it's a kick-ass Oregon history, but it's it's just really good. I, I listened to one about uh, why McDonald's fries taste like shit, and they used to taste good. Uh, don't they have beef flavoring in the fries? They used to be made with uh, beef tallow and i don't know what that is but yeah they m- were made with it and then some guy had a heart attack and decided he was going to make it his mission to ruin french fries for everyone and uh they had to give in eventually yeah. they're made of yeah. people is people. <laughs> french fries are made of people <laughs> you, ever, you ever see yeah when's the last time you watched soylent green oh about two years ago that, did you did you notice the sign when they're all lining up for Soylent Green, and uh, the sign said Soylent Green Day today, and it just says Green Day in like great big yeah. words, <laughs> words letters, Ooh. great big letters. Ooh. Yeah. Normal words made of large letters are those? <laughs> I'm not sure. Fuck it, I don't know. That's my fresh shit. Well, thanks for sharing, Eric. Y'all. Yeah, uh, listen to those podcasts. What about you, Chris? I don't have much because, well, we were rolling through a holiday and, well, 
the five days between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday where I work are pretty much like the Super Bowl. Uh, it's like the busiest stress. Okay, most Cyber stressful. Monday isn't really a thing. Cyber Monday is more bullshit than Black Friday. Like, <laughs> well, I got a whole bunch of Cyber Monday emails today. I, and I agree. All it is is, hey, we have the same sale that we had going yesterday. Yep, yesterday yeah, we yep. were calling it the last day of Black Friday, <laughs> and now it's called the Cyber Monday sale. Well, it's just basically it's just like the leftovers, the castoffs. It's like, hey, oh shit, we no, still it's have the same we, fucking sale. We, we still yeah, have inventory that we need to blow. Email. Yeah. Well, where I work, that's that's essentially what we do all year round, and so this is just another opportunity to sell more widgets. Uh, yeah. But it's but it's the five days of the year where it's a really super intense online shopping thing, and so everybody's cranky and pissy, and uh, so I'm just I'm coming off of that high, so I'm really yeah. super excited uh, to be here. Uh, so I haven't really done much. I kept watching the Punisher. I mentioned that last episode, so I'm almost done with that. Uh, and it's still okay. Uh, but I am also catching up finally on the second series of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm. Uh, but I've been wanting to. It's fun. Uh, it's a very, very oddball, weird show that defies any sort of description, as most things that Douglas Adams have has written. Uh, would be want to be uh, but the first series was really fun and weird and strange and funny uh, and the second season is equally bizarre if maybe a tad less funny but I think it's just now, is because is that one on Amazon or Hulu? I have no idea it, I, I caught it on BBC America uh, so that's okay. so that's where it's rolling. So I don't know if it's if it's on anything yet. Presumably. I think it's a Hulu. I think it's a Hulu. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, or I've seen um, it listed rather. But it's it's fun. It's a lesser known Douglas Adams series, uh, just about a, a goofball detective, for want of a better word. And basically, it's just his uh, rather than someone like a Sherlock Holmes, where he's very super observant and pieces everything together logically he basically just uh happens upon circumstances and then somehow they string together and then he's able to follow the trail until the mystery is solved hence the holistic portion uh so he doesn't really do anything except bumble around until the mystery is solved and this is another like elijah wood joint like where he just keeps picking interesting yeah yeah projects yeah he's a new johnny depp like did you guys ever see wilfred wilfred i love the first season and then the second season, I never got quite a little made tiresome. it through the first season, but you, it was insane. You got to get through the first season completely because that shit insane. Because yeah, at the very end of the last episode, you kind of find it's like, oh, this guy's really fucked up. <laughs> it's like it's always hinted in the background. Wait, it took you to the end of the last episode to get to that conclusion. Well, it's like they make it more more clear. What's funny is you watch the 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 Australian one, and there isn't even an explanation given. It's just <laughs> it's a just, guy in a yeah. dog suit that is yeah. the dog. Yeah, and that was my favorite. Yeah, bit. it's like oh, they don't do they, they don't give, give it an explanation any, in the U.S. They don't version? give it any logic or structure. It's just gags. It's just funny. <laughs> so, and that's the best part is like you never know. Is, is this supposed to be a guy in a dog suit, or is this like his envisioning the dog as a guy in a dog suit? I mean, it is just a very weird. It's like, is it a figment? Is <laughs> it not a figment? They would never answer it. It's yeah. They 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 kind of leave it somewhat open, but they definitely bring home the fact that Elijah Wood's character is kind of fucked up in the head. He's crazy. Yeah. And there's a little bit of the same of that in, in, in Dirk Gently. It's kind of the, 
the same. He plays a very uh, unlikable, likable fellow, I guess, uh, who's basically just shit on everybody his whole life, and now it's sort of his karmic comeuppance when he meets Dark Chantley. And they kind of just roll through from there. So it's fun. It's weird. It's good. Uh, but definitely not for everybody. So uh, if if you watch it and you don't like it, the first couple episodes, uh, I wouldn't be upset because it's just uh, very strange. But that's my pick. Yeah. All right. Ta-da. Oh, I did get my Christmas decorations up this this weekend. Oh, good Lord. Uh, managed to do that. Well, you know, I've got, I'm doing my holiday with my family early. I've only got three weeks between now and, and when I'm doing that, so I want my stuff up. So we got everything you don't, decorated. You don't do like the, the Clark Griswold lights, do you? No, no. I have a straight line of lights along the eaves. I've got like nails already in there. I just hang them with some hooks. It takes takes a, just a short amount of time, but I, I'm at risk of fucking sunburn because it was 90 degrees out when I was <laughs> hanging right. these lights. Yeah, it's fucking Phoenix. <laughs> Fuck that and, place. Our bit yeah. of America. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy in Texas. Hey. Anyway. Texas is more like the ball sack of America. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, so, you don't go all out, but you put stuff up. Because we have people in my neighborhood. I don't go all out. Well, I have people in my neighborhood. Like, every year they add something new, and it's like these giant inflatable things. And so, it's like Mm. Santa in a biplane landing on the roof. Yep. And then there's the... Like the reindeer popping out of a cookie jar or something on the front lawn next to the snowman thing, next to this, next to that. It's like every year it's something more and it's just amazing. But when you drive past in the in the day and they're not on, it's just all these deflated empty balloons just sort of laying on the <laughs> and it's so sad. <laughs> it's like- There's a house in my neighborhood that up until last year um, had, I think, every single Mickey Mouse inflatable for the yard ever created. Their yard is literally <laughs> completely full. There is no yard. There is just inflatable Mickey Mouse shit. That's crazy. And they moved, and they, like, their neighbors had all, had the Santa in the biplane, and it was, like, going around in circles and stuff, and they I think they gave some of the Mickey Mouses to them. But yeah, they're gone now and sad. Sad day for the neighborhood. I, 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 that, that bums me out a little, the idea that, you know what, we're going to celebrate Christmas by buying shit. It's like, you're just buying shit. That's, that's well, not yeah. Christmassy. That's just, I don't know. I, I, I like it when they, they get a bunch of string of lights and they, when they get a bunch of string of lights. Wow. When they get a, a bunch of lights. <laughs> Spit it out, Reed. Spit it out. They put them onto the house in string form and they, you know, put in the work. But when they just buy inflatable junk, it's like, God, how tacky. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have most of our decorations are inside, but we have a really organized, like, we have labeled tubs. We got the whole thing up in like two hours because, like, everything is very, like, properly stored and easy to get out and put back. Well, I will say that I, so. I I like the LED lights that we have these days because you don't have to yeah. you don't have to search for that one fucking light bulb that's dead and ruins <laughs> the whole string. I hate that. Yeah. Oh, that ruined it every year when you find because there's always one, always one just going fuck you, dude, fuck you. <laughs> well, I had to get new LED lights. Um, oh, that's a thing I did. I actually I actually did do a Black Friday sale uh, this year. I went to one. Nice um, reason. Reason being the fucking remodel. So 
Lowe's, the the Home Depot Pepsi variant, <laughs> the the, tar- um, the target of home supply stores. <laughs> yeah, um, they they had a, a doorbuster on these garbage cans, magic trash cans, magic trash can. Thank you, magic <laughs> trash can. You know they were like half price, so normally this thing would cost us like eighty bucks a piece, and they were like forty. Um, and and we had scoped out the store, and it was like you know you could see the inventory. They had eight of these things, and we needed two. One for recycle, one for garbage. So we got up at fucking five in the morning and we go stand in front of Lowe's <laughs> and the the lady inside is like, hey, you know, what are you here for? Are you here for the point set? It's like, no, we, we want two of those eight trash cans. And she's like, oh yeah, we've been picking them. We're down to five now. I'm like, how? We're the first people in line. Well, we'll let you order the doorbusters online for in-store pickup. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I get out my phone and I order my two garbage cans while I'm standing there for the, I mean, the whole point of the doorbusters, they're forcing people to come to the store, except you can order them for in-store pickup. So I ordered two of them. By the time I did actually get to where the garbage cans were again, first person in line, there were only two left. Now the reason was two of the ones that were gone were mine, but I was, I'd be goddamn to some other assholes. were going to order them all online while I was standing there at five in the fucking morning. Uh, I believe the doorbusters is just a bait and switch that you say you're okay with. You know? Yeah, pretty much. But I actually needed these ones for to be cheap. Uh, so I got my magic trash cans. Um, but while I was there, I bought a bunch of LED lights because the last set I'd had, um, when you walked around, I got this really nasty strobe effect off of them. Have you you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, no. With the LED, some some of the older LED lights, like the if you move relative to the lights, they strobe. Like, really bad, like and club, like like, a, like in, at a club seizures. It's it's like, you know it's fast, but you okay. Know. So my new lights don't do that. So that's that's my. I can't believe I went to. A store <laughs> you should you should make them Friday do that story. like on purpose and then spell out the word epilepsy on your garage door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red light, green light, red light, green light. That's, uh, yeah. That's Christmas then, in a nutshell. Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Which brings us to the, uh, topic du jour. Which, again, not uh, quite Christmas movies, but Christmas is a backdrop. (laughs) Well, here's the the deal. This is what made me think of it, because this was years ago. Uh, I worked briefly with a fellow at the bookstore who had... Uh, I don't, I don't know where he came from. My manager found him at her video store and like, I guess poached him for want of a better term. Uh, so he was a video store geek, but he was, he was like my age, our age, uh, maybe a little younger. So a grown ass man. Uh, and he, is this the guy that came up with Roadhouse 2000? <laughs> no, no, that was another, that was another fellow entirely. That guy, was we can never get him on as a guest. We got <laughs> to hit him up for ideas. Yeah. That guy also <laughs> came up with this, uh, this idea of a hybrid animal called a Cobra wolf shark. Uh, and basically it's like, you, you, you can always tell when it's coming. Cause you just like, Oh, and then he would do like a thing. <laughs> and that was <laughs> Cobra Wolf Shark, man. Cobra Wolf Shark. Uh, but this guy at the bookstore, he wanted people to call him Tron, as in the movie Tron. I, I honestly don't remember his, his real name at all. 
because he didn't last very long. Did you just keep calling him the wrong name from like <laughs> just call him Ram? Yeah, it's it was just tempting. Uh, so it was like Christmas Eve, I guess, and we were all just so. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You going home? It's like nah. Some buddies of mine and I we're gonna just rent some movies and and watch you know like the classics like Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and you know. The, the real Christmas movies, like he was being all, oh, look at me how cool I am because I can name movies that are set at Christmas but aren't Christmas movies. Ha, 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 ha. And that is always in the back of my head every Christmas now because they start showing these things in marathons. It's like they it's like all day Christmas thon. Mm-hmm. But then it's all these crappy action movies and whatnot. So it made me wonder if there's others out there besides like the Die Hard and Lethal Weapon that everybody knows. So I thought I would crowdsource it. So not Shane Black movies, basically. Every Shane Black movie. What is up with that? Like every single one. (laughs) (laughs) Even Iron Man 3 was one of those. Yes. Long Kiss Goodnight. uh, The Last Boy Scout. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. uh, Even Die Hard, which is Joel Silver. uh, I think he copped a lot of the Christmas stuff because Lethal Weapon was such a hit. And he thought, oh, we can do that with Die Hard, too. So Die Hard and Die Hard 2 no, are both set on Christmas. So Die Hard, Die Hard, I it kind of works. I mean, it's it being Christmas because it's, you know, the family reunion gone awry, I guess. I always figured yeah. out, like, thematically there was a reason for it, at least. Whereas uh, Lethal Weapon, it was just weird that the movie starts with, you know, a, a Christmas party and a hooker showing titties and then jumping off of the Capitol Records building. Yeah, to, to Jingle Bell Rock, no less. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the thing I think awesome. Shane Black. So I, I can't think of anything Christmassier than the, than the line. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Ho 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 ho. ho. I mean, yeah. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think Shane Black is on record as saying that he has chosen christmas as a motif because that's when people are loneliest and so if you look at the characters that he's got like martin riggs in lethal weapon i mean the guy's just near suicidal so it's like hey let's have a suicidal character oh and here's an idea let's drop him in the middle of christmas when he could be the most suicidal suicidal ever and i think that's kind of what he rolls with and so he kind of minds the the little little bits of drama out of the characters uh using christmas as the backdrop uh, but I don't know. I just, when people go, oh, Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie. I'm like, well, is it really? Is it? No, I don't think so. But it makes me wonder, it's like, are there rules for non-Christmas Christmas movies? Like, do you have to meet a certain set of criteria in order to be considered a Christmas movie? Or does it really matter? It's got to be about finding like the the ethereal spirit of christmas which is sort of the inoffensive <laughs> yeah. way of saying christ yeah put the christ back in christmas or the christmas holiday has to be in some way significant to the story it would be interesting if somebody made a christmas movie where they said it's christmas for like a night you have to not be a dick and then, like, by the end of it, they go, <laughs> I can not be a dick for a whole night. I love Christmas. I'm not going to be a dick just right now. Hey, they should do that as, like, a purge I'm movie. I'm pretty One of the- sure that that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they should, yeah. Yeah, that should be the purge. <laughs> the purge Christmas Eve. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's a Christmas, Christmas carol. carol. A Christmas carol yeah. is either about an old guy who realizes that for one night a year he can, you know, 
chill the fuck out or it's the story of an old guy who becomes terrified of ghosts and death and so the rest of his life spends himself into poverty trying to do nice things for people so that he doesn't go to hell and i i think that would be a great christmas carol sequel it's the story of the winchester mystery house Yes, yes. <laughs> a, a Christmas Carol too. And Tom Pratchett ends up cooking the books to keep uh, Old Man Scrooge from going out of business, and then he ends up in debtor's prison. And uh, yeah, and yeah. then you learn that the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, that's all nice and good, but keep on top of your credit rating, you assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am agree. the ghost of compound interest future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well the. Well, looking at some of these some of these movies, and there are things on here that I like I had really forgotten, uh, but I did not remember that Rocky Four is set at Christmas, and like the big fight with Drago at the end is on Christmas Eve or Christmas night. I don't remember or something. anything about Rocky Four. Yeah, I don't. I don't I remember, remember any of that. I will break and so, you. yeah. So I thought, well, if you're gonna do Rocky Four, then like that would be a good Boxing Day movie. You know, you could just really go for brawl. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. so you could start like a whole and new then, trend, and then make Drago a, a Canadian. Uh, I will, I must break you, hey. I must but, break you. But eh? I'll try and be cool about it. Sorry, sorry, so sorry, uh, sorry. You gotta say sorry, 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 sorry. so sorry. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a weird one that I'd forgotten. Uh. Uh, but as as we prep this over the the course of the last couple of days, I was kind of wondering uh, what you fellas might select. I'm genuinely interested. I have, actually, I have three three okay. Christmas okay. adjacent adjacent movies. Um, I'll get the obvious one out of the way. Gremlins. Yes. Uh, yeah. Gremlins is very much a Christmas movie in that the Mogwai is a Christmas present. It's set at Christmas. There's the kid who works the Christmas tree lot, um, and it's basically about you know, these, these little monsters destroying Christmas. There's that great scene where there's one hiding in the Christmas tree that attacks the mom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what there is to say about it other than, you know, it's fucking gremlins and it's awesome. How is it yeah. not a Christmas movie? It's, it's, it's it, not it, about Christmas. Yeah. It it's could just be set at Christmas. Yeah. It could be set at any point in time. Uh, and right. it would work. It doesn't need Christmas. I think they just do Christmas so they could get the oh, wintry. Oh, okay. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't it's, need... It's, it's literally setting. Yeah, I mean, there's like a gag where the gremlins are singing Christmas carols outside somebody's door. Christmas but carolers. yeah, it's just a setting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Christmas carolers. Screeching voice, no blue snippers. I warned you, so it's I I don't know why it, I think it's just because it's maybe the the juxtaposition like goodwill to men blah blah and then hey let's put some murderous gremlins in there it, it works huh. you know yep. uh, right. but it's well, and it set up that Phoebe Cates speech about Santa Claus <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it still won't beat the the Lincoln's birthday speech in Gremlins too for my money no but the lincoln's <laughs> so. birthday speech doesn't work without the santa claus speech. Yeah, it's true true they're they're of a they're of a, a piece yeah but anyway. if you but if you take the gremlins motif uh then you could overlay that because i would i would say you could argue that home alone is also not a christmas movie uh it's, oh i really yeah. think it is i i don't know you could argue it's not 
but I'm I'm open to interpretation. Okay, let's hear it. I think it's just about a murderous little shit that's alone. And you again, you could you could set that anywhere at any time, like you could do it in the summer, and the kid would still have to fend off. You know, I think it's just set at Christmas because it's a con- it's a convenient. I, I think the reason it was a hit though is that they went for the Christmas schmaltz. They went for the feels at the end, and so everybody leaves the feel the theater in this Christmas spirit, knowing that they've been laughing at this you know Roadrunner cartoon of a movie before. <laughs> yeah, but. Okay. If without that, I don't think it would have worked. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just see similar. I mean, was the second one set in Christmas? Or I think there was a third one, right? Were they all set in Christmas? Because I think that's a pretty. But it's a pretty standard trope, and and uh, 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 the the James Bond movie that stole um, uh, Home Alone that wasn't set in Christmas. I don't think it's necessary. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you mean? you mean with Nail and I? You're talking about that one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Skyfall? Is that Skyfall? He's setting Skyfall, the yeah, floor. the one with the, the Home yeah. Alone ending. Was, we only yeah, have a shotgun. Was very well, then let's be crazy and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all you're missing was the nails paint bucket. And boards. Yeah. The paint bucket hitting him in the face. Oh, my uh, God. If he had grabbed his little uh, MI6 car alarm thing and pressed a secret <laughs> button so the car said take that you filthy animal i would have I, I would have clapped i would have stood up and just clapped it'd have been like a golf clap though yeah <laughs> but it would have been anyway. clapping let's let's not fool ourselves uh that's true all right well we got gremlins i would agree with that one to a degree hmm. uh what else you got brian and all of my movies, unfortunately, are going to come from the 80s because I'm just stuck there, I guess. Or I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, else. you're you're regressive. Um, yeah. Whatever. I'm I'm Gen <laughs> X and I'm proud. Yeah, buddy. Um, I'll, I'll save, this is how I'll we, save the This is how we end up being last. grumpy old men, you know. This is how we, this <laughs> which, is how we lock ourselves into it. You I'm say that sure future if, tense, like it hasn't I'm, happened. I'm pretty sure if podcasts had existed in the 90s, there'd be like like, you know, 40 to 50 year old men talking about randolph scott and like how they just don't make westerns like they used to god damn it <laughs> well, well know your audience baby well just uh, as a- okay so christmas adjacent movie but not just christmas adjacent i'm gonna go with when harry met sally here so yeah, well, again i think christmas plays a role in this hmm. movie but it is not a christmas movie if anything it's a new year's movie yeah I thought about that and then I, I toyed, but I, I'm going to say it's not really, I mean, it's got a couple scenes with Christmas, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, don't know if you can I make all. I mean, I would personally say it doesn't only because it covers so much time that eventually you're going to cross Christmas anyway. I mean, technically yeah. Schindler's List goes through Christmas. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like they use Christmas as a way to, to advance the relationship. There's like, here's what Christmas was like. When they first met, here's what Christmas was like, you know, when they were a couple, here's what Christmas was like. We have to, you know, I, I think that um, they use that emotional connection to Christmas to underscore the state of their relationship multiple times. It's been a while since I've seen it, so maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but that's how it, that's how yeah. I remember it. Yeah, I don't, All right, I don't I'll remember buy a lot of Christmases in that, but yeah, I mean, it, I guess it makes sense. Uh, but for me, it's just, it's, it's almost like I toyed with the idea of bringing up Better Off Dead, but there's really just like five minutes. That was my third at, one. That's like mm-hmm. at Christmas. So I don't know if that would count. I mean, it's set sort of around Christmas, but I don't really think it's 
enough to warrant it's actually s- being set at Christmas. You can't really say that. Uh, yeah, but, but that's such did. an epic Christmas section, right? <laughs> it, like, it really uh, is. The outfits, really is. the mom's wearing the reindeer outfit, <laughs> yeah, and the dad's yeah. got the aardvark. I, I guarantee you if I could find those, Jolene and I would wear the aardvark and the reindeer oh, for we know. at we Christmas know. time. We would totally do <laughs> yeah. it. And you would, you would give yourselves uh, frozen dinners. Uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> and the Christmas tree, uh, and you Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yes. I still say French fries, French yeah. dressing, French. and Peru. In honor of our special guest, I've created dinner mondu. First, we have French fries, and. French dressing and French bread <laughs> and to drink, ta-da, <laughs> Peru. And to drink, Peru. yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like the scene in the beginning One where the, the best movie where, ever, where the dad gets out the cereal box and the cereals is falling over the floor because the badgers <laughs> cut out the season. He's like, yeah, <laughs> but he's like, what in the name of all that is holy? <laughs> <laughs> no no the best one was the mom going i know you don't like the grease from fried bacon so i boiled it <laughs> i know yeah. it's bacon yeah. what have you done to it uh quite a good movie so yeah i toyed the idea classic. of that one so i don't know if it even counts as i mean it is christmas adjacent but i think there's so much more around it uh but you could make a yeah, case for it, it was because my it's pick. yeah I mean, well, I would call that an honorable mention. It's close enough. So, yeah. Plus, it's Better Off Dead, so why the hell not? I say. Yeah. It's an excuse to talk about Better Off Dead. I'm going with it. <laughs> That's true. It's so good. One of those weird movies that came out and nobody liked it, and then it became a cult favorite, and then it was just loved by, you know, old fucks like us, and so now it's not important again, but it's still a great movie. No, my teenage, my yeah. teenage son loves it. He thinks it's hilarious. Because it is hilarious. There's hope for the future. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Always. Well, there you go. What do you got, Eric? Well, the first one that always comes to mind without like much thinking at all is Batman Returns. Because yeah. the, it's all wintry, it's all dark, and that first woman that dies is in the sexy Santa outfit. Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's a full-on perversion of Christmas, the whole movie. I, I, yeah, it's, like, whole, it's like, like if all tree lighting ceremony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. with the bats, and then the giant Christmas present yeah. that the yeah. the bad guys jump out of. Right, right. Well, it, yeah. I, I guess that's, oh, to me, that is can. the picture of oh, taking Christmas will. and perverting it. <laughs> uh, I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I mean, Burton's got a lot of that, though, because... Scissor hands takes place in Christmas, yep. and that's another one. But that's that's a little I don't know sadder. I still get choked up when I see that uh, bit with Edward and uh, uh, Vincent Price. It is uh, when he gives Edward him his hands and he is dies. Amazing! It it's is probably a, the best Tim Burton movie. Period. Yeah, it's just so it's so delightfully strange. He's got yeah. a couple, or you know, they're years old. Well, my favorite bit in that 
movie and it's got nothing to do with any of the sadness but it's when the woman in the hair salon's coming on to him and they're playing tom jones with these hands <laughs> with <their> <laughs> in the back yeah it's so so classic i love it makes me laugh every time because it's just like what the f- oh my you god you just sit right down there i have some smocks would you like me to model them for you yes Uh, i think you had brought up uh eric earlier this week uh stalag 17 as well yes yeah which that's a which is a a classic from billy wilder from the 1950s with a a then unknown william holden and a group of world war ii captains held uh, uh, a prisoner in a german were in a world war ii german prison camp yeah, and it also had "I'm Peter Graves." Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, and Harvey Lembeck, who would later go on uh, in the '60s to be Eric von Zipper in the Beach Party movies. So, oh, put that in your pipe and smoke. It. I, I never watched any of those. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, but there you go. Yeah, only those old guys in the '90s who are talking about old movies—they uh, know him. That shit, yeah. Chris. Yeah, and that you. Marilyn Monroe, she had a rack. Ha cha cha cha, ha cha cha cha. But I loved it because Sefton was just an angry, evil asshole, and he was just—he was a realist. He was like the first yeah. sort of, I don't know, anti-hero we ever had. Uh, and yeah. all this happens in a you know during christmas and he's the guy who runs the shop and sells all the bootleg shit and they all hate him because he doesn't share and he's like why the fuck should i share <laughs> i can live yeah. high on the hog just being a capitalist yeah but why'd man freddie and johnson have to die that's what i want to know it's like the first, it's like the first so, shot eric did you have did you have any other uh christmas adjacent movies yeah yeah uh brazil is christmas adjacent and yeah. that's probably the most effective <laughs> i don't remember the yeah. christmas in that yeah yeah it's basically totally the, that whole thing is uh is basically putting christmas consumerism on top of its head uh, yeah just giving it a good spin i mean it's uh, just it's that's yeah, the whole that criterion collection i need to go watch that fucking movie again. yeah yeah it's so i good. mean using yeah. I mean, using the rules that have been set forth, it might actually be a legitimate Christmas film because you need it to make that point, but not really because, you know, bureaucracy and torture are all kind of year-round things. It's just a lot more (laughs) hard-hitting when it's happening around Christmas. Oh, I love that movie Have you watched the Gilliam director's cut of Brazil? Yeah, Yeah, I've I've watched them both. I've got the criterion that's got all three versions. Yeah, same here. And they're very different, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah. The Love Conquers All version is the one I think I probably saw the most. But the la- the director's cut is so bleak and awesome. Yeah. Well, if, if you want a good read, there's a, a actual a book called The Battle of Brazil that chronicles all of the front to back of that saga. And like how Gilliam got it made and then how he got screwed and then how it sort of languished and then became multiple cuts for various reasons. It's a really, it's a good book. I would recommend it. There's an audio commentary on one of those DVDs from um, a critic who I guess is reading from his own writing. It's, it's, it's all read. He's not making stuff up off the cuff, but he makes a great point at the end when he's talking about the, uh, 
the original cut on DVD and then the Love Conquers All cut to give it a happy ending. And yeah. he had said that mm-hmm. they, they wanted that Love Conquers All ending so that because the the original was just too dark. And he says, I, I put it to you that this Love Conquers All happy ending version is the real dark version. Because yeah. in, in reality, uh, a, a, a multinational corporation let a guy make a film and the film he came up with basically said that uh, consumerism kills your soul. And the reality is that the multinational corporation wouldn't allow him to say that. It's like, which of these two things is more subversive? The idea that you call it out or that you are kept from calling it out. (laughs) Uh, It's probably my favorite movie, bar none. I will just go on record. Yeah. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. And then... It really holds up. It's it's a a damn classic is what it is. A goddamn classic. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. Any other surprises in the tool shed there, Eric? Um, no, none that really come to mind other than, you know, like the obvious ones with the Shane Black, uh, treasure trove, you know, that was it. You brought, oh, 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 and a side note. Yeah. A side note. Uh, um, psycho doesn't actually take place in Christmas, but when, uh, when she's driving through Phoenix, the the footage they they shot of Phoenix for the rear projection of the car, they shot it in December. And so there's all these Christmas decorations in uh, downtown Phoenix <laughs> behind her. All right, and I rather than reshoot it, a thermometer it that in. indicates it had to have been winter. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was only 97 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> only where you can get sunburn putting up your fucking Christmas lights. Uh. <laughs> so chris what about you you got, well, you got I, any more well i do have a couple one i want to bring up and this is one that eric actually mentioned earlier in the week and then i guess forgot about uh the ref oh yeah that is my favorite film like christmas or not is i that, love the ref with dennis is leary dennis leary or is it christmas and christmas? kevin spacey uh, yeah it is kind of a required christmas but it's not about the spirit of christmas it's just angry no. It's basically, yeah, uh, a family kind of disintegrating and then gelling back together, etc. It's written by Richard Legravenise. Well, I haven't actually seen it. Okay, well, it's written by the guy that wrote The Fisher King. Uh, so it's got a lot of okay. sort of solemn aspects to it, but it's very biting. And Dennis Leary kind of reels mm-hmm. it in a bit. And it gets to be Dennis Leary, but in a very controlled way that works. Oh, uh, but my God, though, look, I, I have so many clips that I'm going to give to you for this because it is, <laughs> everyone gets like moments in there that are yeah. just so blistering. It's the yeah. best Kevin Spacey performance you will ever see. I can guarantee yeah. you that because he's not going to be performing anymore, but it, it is ever. really <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite part is when the, the matriarch, who is just such a witch uh, and tries to control <laughs> everybody from Mary Poppins. And then, yeah, and it's basically just like they've all aired their laundry and just had the the come to Jesus moment where they're just letting everything go, and she's just telling him he's ungrateful, and he just leans in real close to her and just says, "I tell you what, Mom, next year I'm gonna get you a big cross, so the next time that you feel unappreciated, you can crawl up there and nail yourself to it." <laughs> and she's like, "Whoa!" 
just, no, Dennis Leary oh. has an even better line to her when he's like, Jesus, lady, I know bookies that have more heart than you. Your husband ain't dead. He's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a little mean-spirited, but it's good. Uh, it's borderline because it it's not really about Christmas at all until like the end. And then even then it's sort of uh, just sort of yeah. the trappings of Christmas. So it's, I think it would fit. I would say the comedic conceit of the film is that it, it starts with <clears throat> Dennis Leary basically taking them hostage because he's on the run from the cops. And this married couple fights and bickers so incessantly that he goes from holding them hostage to basically refereeing their fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so yeah. all three of them have got like just razor tongue dialogue the entire time and it they almost take turns being in charge it could be a play it could easily be a play have you seen yeah, yeah. have you seen swimming with sharks eric it's, oh yeah it is a lot like that yeah i was just it's, curious if how that compares as a kevin spacey well it's uh, it's swimming with sharks is like the other version of kevin spacey's performances it's like the the acid tongue uh, person who's in charge, whereas this one is more like his performance in, say, American Beauty, where it's just the affable mm-hmm. loser who's got an acid tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's really Kevin Spacey's kind of a one note performer uh, in most things. He just kind of gets a, enough scenery to chew where it kind of becomes interesting. Oh, I don't know. In House of Cards, he plays a creepy closeted gay guy who comes on to people and blackmails them. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. I, uh, I, I think he's got a lot of true. performances. He just picks the same part. It's like yeah. he is either <laughs> maybe, the maybe the loser maybe who's had it, yeah. just too much shit thrown at him, and now he's gonna you know freak out, or he's the yeah. guy who's you know devious and yeah. Okay, okay. You hire him there for that go. voice. You hire him for that voice and that headcock. Yep. Uh, so the ref asked for it by name. Uh, yeah. But uh, so Christmas comedy is the other reminding me. I love that film. <laughs> sure. Uh, Trading Places is another one I want to talk about because that is set at Christmas and that is definitely not a Christmas movie. Uh, and it's back when Ackroyd was still funny, which is amazing to think <laughs> about. Because um, he didn't write it, right? I also yeah. haven't seen Trading Places. You've never seen Trading Somehow. Space? Oh, oh no well, way. You understand? Fuck. I off. didn't have cable. I went to your house for cable. I didn't ha- Dude, so it wasn't bombarding had, me every time I turned on the you television. You had 30 years to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that any VHS cassette if left alone long enough magically turns into Trading Places anyway. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, Billy Ray. Feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Billy Ray, yeah. So, you know, they actually fun. have, they made a law. They made a, a law called the Eddie Murphy Law, and it has to do with uh, trading because yeah, after yeah. trading uh, places came out, the thing they do to scam cash in that movie, which is a very complex thing, if you do see it, you're going to have to see it a couple times to figure out exactly what the fuck they did to. You know, pull off their scam but it was completely legal okay. at the time and yeah. that's the and people saw the movie and they're like oh fuck if people figure out that they can actually do this <laughs> we're gonna yeah. be you know knee deep in shit and so they they came yeah. up with something that is actually called the eddie murphy law yeah 
<laughs> so it's fun. But Brian, you, I think you need to watch it and watch it soon because there's a whole sequence where Dan Aykroyd, who's the, the popper in this version of the story, because it's basically Prince and the popper, but with a really dark okay. uh, twist that only John Landis can pull off. Uh, but he, it's Dan Aykroyd roaming around in this just like Santa suit, but it's all soiled and dirty and he looks like a, a fucking street urchin. And he crashes the the firm's party where he used to work and he's like just drunk and he's stuffing like whole, whole salmon down his pants and whatnot. And just being this drunk, surly Santa <laughs> and the whole sequence is really funny. Cause it's, he's so desperately sad yet. It's so amusing at the same time. It's just like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, it's very much in the lane of like blues brothers. It's kind of, it, it toes that line. Uh, and I love it. Hmm. I love it so much. It's so funny. So that's why I wanted to bring that one up because I think I I watch it like once every couple of years. The last one I want to bring up because I totally forgotten about this one and it's a fairly recent one. And I say fairly recent. It's like 10 years old now, I guess. Uh, But have you seen in Bruges with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes? It always comes up in uh, my rotation, but I never watch it. You need to watch it because it's a very, very bleak bleak dark dark comic movie uh but basically it's it's these two hitmen are hiding out in bruges uh and colin farrell is kind of a dimwit and it was like his his early career resurgence after he went to rehab and it was the first movie with him that i saw where i looked at it and went oh jesus this guy can actually act this is amazing mm. uh but basically they just walk around bruges because the the mob boss played by ray fines has sort of tucked him away there because he thinks it's a very picture-perfect wonderland from some childhood memory. And then these two are walking around just going, this place is a fucking shithole. Why the hell are we here? We need to get out of here. (laughs) And then the whole thing kind of (laughs) evolves from there. And they don't ever, they only mention that it's Christmas like once and then you just see the candy canes and stuff in the background. But it's just them being just fucking douchebags in Bruges uh, and getting into all sorts of weirdness. And it's, it's, it's sad, it's sweet, it's funny, it's everything that I want in a holiday movie that's not a holiday movie. So I would urge you to watch In Bruges as soon as you can. It's on Netflix, I think. Oh, uh, but I if don't. you can't find it there, the whole thing is on YouTube, uh, so you can watch it for free. So there you go. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, In Bruges is my top pick that no one else in this podcast has seen. So, all right. Wow. Yay. So, yeah. Anybody else got any others to add, or is that it? That's That's it. it. That's it. Yeah. We're adjacent to Christmas, and we're talking Christmas adjacent movies. And I don't know. What would be a good tune to roll us out on this one? Hmm. Uh, Hmm. I'm sure we'll come up with uh, something. Hanukkah song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I hope everybody writes us at our email, huge at Gmail, and they can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that other jazz. Where do we post our podcast? You're podcasts? so old, it's on what? old man. Nobody uses email, <laughs> you old man. Oh, I forgot shit. Instagram. Uh, I totally forgot to bring up grumpy old men. I'll have to save that for next year. Damn it. I think I actually <laughs> said grumpy old men, but I had used it in the I context know. of being grumpy old men. Uh, That's I know. funny. But, you know, 
Mounter, son! Mounter! <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs>